You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Acts in chapter 3. I'll be reading verses 1 through 10. And I read this morning from the New Revised Standard Version. One day, Simon, Peter, and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon, and a man who was lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the Beautiful Gate so that he could ask for alms for those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms, and Peter looked intently at him as did John. And Peter said, look at us. And fixing attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said this, I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he began to stand And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God, and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our Redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. I began ministry ten years ago in a little church called Brookings First United Methodist Church. I was there for one year as their student associate pastor as I finished up seminary, and then I stayed there for two more years as their full-time associate pastor. And I loved a lot of things about my first appointment. One of the joys of serving the Brookings Church was having a family that grew up not very far from my hometown. They understood me in a way that others didn't necessarily. They would have a visual connection to stories I would tell in my sermons because they were there. See, I was raised in Gregory, South Dakota on a farm north of town, and this family, Ruth Anderson, uh, was from Bone Steel, which was 30 miles from my hometown. And so at the point that I announced that I was moving from Brookings and being appointed to serve the churches of Burke, Herrick, and Jameson, Ruth Anderson pulled me aside and she had one question for me. Can a kid from Gregory serve the Burke Church? That would be kind of like if the kid from Canton were to serve the Lennox Church. Like, these are rivals. We don't get along, or we, we do now, but in Ruth's day, they didn't get along. And to be honest with you, I wasn't very concerned about it because, like I said, the rivalry between Burke and Gregory had evolved through the years. But she was looking at me awfully intently, and I know that she wanted me to answer that question, and I didn't really know what to say, so I said, I guess we'll see. I spent five years at Burke Herrick Jameson, and honestly, the stuff between Burke and Gregory didn't seem to be that big of a deal. 
except for when Burke played Gregory in sports. And I would tell everybody that I just, on those days, I just got to do what I got to do. And I serve the Burke church. So even though I'm a Gregory kid, I have to cheer for, for Burke. That's just what I have to do. What we learned together over those five years of ministry is this. It's amazing to see what God can do when we get out of our own way and let God work. Now, Simon Peter from the Bible was not from Burke or Gregory or even Canton. He was from a little fishing village on the Jordan River called Bethsaida. And eventually, in adulthood, he made his, his home in Capernaum on the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. And it's from these humble beginnings that we meet Simon Peter. And it's from these humble beginnings that Simon Peter meets Jesus on the Sea of Galilee. And like we talked about a few weeks ago, it is here on the shores of the Sea of Galilee that Simon Peter is invited by Jesus to go and fish for people. And now I am absolutely certain that no one looked at him and asked him the same question that Ruth Anderson asked me a long time ago, but there may have been some people that in the back of their heads thought, can this kid from Bethsaida really be the rock upon whom Jesus is going to build the church? Today, as we bring our message series on the life and ministry of Simon Peter, we're looking at what he did beyond the world of the Gospels. Over the past five weeks, we've watched this relationship between Simon Peter and Jesus grow from their first meeting on the shores of the Sea of Galilee to their final moments together again on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. But that was not the end of Simon Peter's story. No, Simon Peter would go on to fish for people for 34 years after the death of Jesus. And 34 years he would be put to death for his faith in the persecution under Emperor Nero. If you read the book of Acts, the entire first section is about the life and ministry of Simon Peter before the story shifts to the Apostle Paul and his adventures in ministry. After the ascension, it is Simon Peter who leads the disciples in choosing an apostle to replace Judas. On the day of Pentecost, it is Simon Peter who stands up to defend the disciples and informs the crowd that the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised had eventually and actually shown up. The church that Jesus said he was going to build upon Peter gets its start and it grows and all the disciples led by Simon Peter work for its advancement, including what Luke includes in Acts chapter 2 verse 23 where it says that the disciples all performed signs and miracles that were a wonder. And one of those miraculous signs and miracles is the focus of our scripture for this morning. And not only that, they were an active part of the church of Acts as the story continues to unfold. In our scripture this morning, Simon, Peter, and John are going to the temple in Jerusalem. They're going there at a time that is set for prayer for devout Jews at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And while they're going, they see a typical sight. They see someone down on their luck, begging for alms. And what we learn through Scripture is that this person has been doing this for his entire life because he has been suffering his entire life. 
And he looks to Simon Peter and John, and he expects something monetary in return. But then he ends up getting more than he bargained for. Because Simon Peter, as we have seen throughout his entire life, is the first one to stand up and talk. And he speaks in the authority of Jesus Christ, saying to this man, I have nothing to offer you. I have no silver, I have no gold, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand and walk. And the guy does. His legs are strengthened. He stands and walks. He walks into the temple. I mean, can you imagine being a part of something that is so full of God's divine power? Can you imagine being there that day, seeing this all unfold? And like, notice, the the healing is accomplished without any kind of spectacular action. There's no wild incantation that the disciples say, they just mention the name of Jesus. And the man is set right. It is sufficient for the divine power of God to work. This story is indicative of the rest of Simon Peter's life. This story is so much a part of his story going forward. Simon Peter is the one who is called by Jesus to feed sheep and be the rock upon whom the church is going to be built, and he grows into all that Jesus envisioned for him. In the aftermath of the story, Simon Peter and John appear before the same authorities that put Jesus to death. And rather than denying their faith or downplaying the importance of Jesus in their lives, Simon Peter's story comes full circle. As he gives a full-throated defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ and tells them the reason why he is doing what he is doing. On the night that Jesus was betrayed by Judas, on the night that the disciples scatter, Simon Peter denied Jesus. But on this day, at this time, he stands in front of these same people and makes this honest defense and this honest attempt to make Jesus' name known. What I want us to notice is this. I want us to notice that this man from Bethsaida, an absolutely know-nothing town, a town where its location is honest to God, debated, made a huge difference. Simon Peter's story is so important because he's just a simple person. He is a person who is at the right place at God's time. He's nothing special. He's an ordinary fisherman who is a part of his family business. He has a basic Hebrew education as most Hebrew men did. And then he had a degree from the school of hard knocks and life experience. Simon Peter is one who is reactionary and hot-headed. He is one who is opinionated and often flat-out wrong. Yet he's the one upon whom the church is built. 
He's the one that Jesus called to go and fish for people and to go and feed his sheep. Through the influence of, the, of Jesus on his life and the power of the Holy Spirit, he became what Jesus spoke over him. Here's what I want us to know. Simon Peter's story is our story. Some of us are a part of our own family businesses. Our education levels are varied. Our life experiences are all very different. But through the influence of Jesus on our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit, we're here. We have been made into the children of God by the power of God. We've been transformed and made new and called and given skills for the benefit of the world and the glory of God. Just like Simon Peter. Confirmation kids, your story is Simon Peter's story too. This kid from Bethsaida did good, didn't he? From humble beginnings, Simon Peter expressed the same faith to God that you're about to express. And through it, he changed the world. I don't know what's next for any of you. That's up to Jesus and you. But maybe someday someone will say, can a kid from Canton dot, dot, dot. And you'll probably have a better answer than I guess we'll see. I don't say this to scare you, but I, a long time ago, I was just a kid in a confirmation class at Gregory United Methodist Church. I was just a kid waiting to, for the pastor to hush so that we could get confirmed. And it's amazing to see what God did next. It's amazing to see what can happen when we get out of our own way and let God work. Would you pray with me? Loving Jesus, we give you thanks for the reality of our lives. We give you thanks for every part of our story that has brought us to this point. We give you thanks for the ways that we, like Peter, have responded in faith. And we give you thanks for the ways that we, like Peter, have gotten it wrong and learned a lesson. Jesus, be with us as we go through the rest of our lives. Use us for your service. And may we make your name known in the same way that Simon Peter did through all of our lives. We love you and we serve you. It's your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.